You are listening to Cornelia Church. Passion for God, compassion for people. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Today's a good day. Listen, I don't know how you're feeling, how you came in. I don't know if you're worried. I don't know if you're anxious. I don't know what's going on inside you. Maybe you're excited to be here. I just want to tell you God is alive. He's at work. He's at work, and he's looking for people who are going to pay attention to what he's doing because uh, I don't know about you, but we at this moment, with all the noise that's going around, we need to keep our eyes in the right place. We need to keep focused on what God is doing because he is doing something, and we don't want to miss it. Uh, my name's Andrew. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, if you are here with kids, uh, maybe it's your first time, our services for kids are in the next service. I do believe that uh, junior high is also in the next service, but uh, for this service, we're all together. We're working on getting pro uh, kids programming in both services very quickly. Open your Bibles, if you would, or take out your devices, your electronic devices, turn to Uversion. Uh, pretend like you're going to follow along, pretend like you're going to take notes if, even if you're not. Um, I, I do want to encourage you to, to get something to write on, whether it's your device or whether it's a pen and paper this morning. Uh, there is an outline electronically on version uh, for what we're going to be talking about today. I'm excited to talk to you this morning because I think that, that the Lord, I'm asking the Lord to take us to another level. I want to talk to you about leveling up this morning. And I want to have you turn... Uh, in your Bibles to Revelation uh, chapter 4. And we're going to talk about leveling up. This is going to be an encouraging message. It's going to be hopefully a challenging message. Uh, I want at the end of the time together this morning, I want to sort of challenge you to begin to look at things in a new perspective, in a new way. I want to challenge you to level, to level up today. If you're at Revelation chapter 4, would you say, I'm there? Okay, if not, you can look on the screen. It'll be there too, okay? Revelation chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven and one sitting on the throne. Just bow your head just for a moment with me. Lord Jesus, we're just asking today that you would help us to come up here. You would help us to level up. We're asking for a spirit of revelation to be in the house today. A spirit of revelation, Lord, to open our eyes and ears to what you're doing. We're tired of being distracted. We're tired of all the noise. We're tired of living in an earthly plane. Lord, we're asking you to help us to level up today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want to talk to you this morning about going up a level. I think we need to live, I don't know about you, but I think we need to live a little bit higher than what we typically live at. We tend to think and we tend to live at a lower level. Right? If without work, without effort, without engagement with what the Spirit of God is doing, we will live at a natural level, at a lower level. And every Christ follower, and I think I have this on the screen, every Christ follower is called to live at a higher level. If you know Jesus today, if you're a Christ follower, if you're seeking after him, if you're pursuing him, that I want to tell you this morning, we're called to live at a higher level than the rest of the world. 
We're called to think at a higher level than the rest of the world. We're not supposed to be engaged at the same level at everybody else. The people of God are supposed to be living at a different level, at a higher level. But we tend to live at a lower level. Right? We tend to live in the natural. We tend to get distracted and stuck right where we're at. But what we're called to do is to go up. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, When I was a child, I used to think like a child. I used to reason like a child. I used to talk like a child. He said, but when I became a man, I gave up childish things. He says, but when I became a man, I went to a higher level. There's another place that we have to go to when we grow up in Christ. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, I don't have it yet, I'm pushing forward to attain it. There's something that I'm stretching on for. I'm forgetting what lies behind. I'm pushing on to what's ahead. He says, I'm going up a level. I'm going to a higher place. He says in Colossians chapter 3, if you were raised with Christ, which if you know Jesus Christ today, then you're raised with Christ. I just want to tell you right now, that is true about you. If you know Jesus Christ today, you're raised with him. He says, if you're raised with Christ, set your mind... You guys know the verse. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. He says, put your mind in a higher place. Go to another level. In Ephesians, Paul says, listen, you and I were seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Our position, right? I mean, I'm high, what are you, you know, pastor, what are you talking about? See with Christ in the heavenlies. Obviously, obviously, I'm seated right here in Koinonia this morning, right? The air conditioner's blowing. Some of you thinking I'm freezing. Some of you are too hot. You know, some of you are thinking I'm hungry. Some of you not. But, but I want to tell you right now, you're seated in the heavenlies. Like your position spiritually is in a higher place. So even though we live here on the earth today, we have to engage in things of the earth, the spiritual reality is that we're called to live at a higher plane. We actually are positioned in Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That means we have access to the thoughts of Christ. That means we have access to the revelation of the Spirit that's going to take us to a higher level. So I want to talk to you about leveling up this morning because I'm so tired of living down here. I don't know about you. I'm so tired of having the same discussions over and over again. I'm so tired about arguing over the stupidest things that don't matter to eternity. They don't matter for next year. They don't matter for 10 years from now. I want to talk. I want to live at a different level. I want to see beyond what is right in front of me. I want to see past what the media is presenting to me. I want to see past what the world is offering to me. I want to live at a higher level. Do you want to live at a higher level? I want to live at a higher level. That's what's available for us, right? But we just, we know that it's not an easy thing. Now, let me just talk to you about the natural for just a moment, because it's always good to talk about the natural and then talk about the spiritual. So let me just give you a natural example of, and this is very basic, very obvious, but natural example of living, of perspective that you get when you go to a higher level. Because we're going to talk about dealing with problems, seeing problems, seeing life, and going to a higher level. So here is a picture, it's actually a little video clip, of the top of our building, the roof of our building here uh, at Koinonia. We have that video, and we're going to fly up from the building to about, I think, uh, uh, 500 feet. Okay, you see that? Isn't that a beautiful green roof? You can see that roof from the, the freeway, right? About 500 feet, we can see both of our buildings. We see this is not a live picture. There's more cars in the parking lot this morning. This is thanks to Google Earth, right? This is probably a couple of years ago. You can see both of our buildings, right? You can see a, you can see a, a good little bit at 500 feet. But 
500 feet is just one level. If we were to go up to another level, let's go up to another level, we begin to see a whole lot more, right? And we begin to see, wow, neighborhoods. We begin to see the entire, almost the entire city of Hanford. Because when we fly up, when we go up higher to another level, now we're not just focused on our building. We can barely even see our building. We're not just focused on the things that are right around there. Now we can see things that have to do with the entire community. We begin to see that the, the, the neighborhood that we live in, wow, there's a lot of agricultural stuff going on here, right? We begin to see that the city of Hanford is, is you know, it's not a, ma it's not a metropolis. It's a, and now let's go higher, if we were to go even higher, then we begin to see something much different, right? We begin to see a picture of the, wow, we live in a valley, right? We live in the Central Valley. We see the Rocky Mountains. We see all this. We see that we're part of a larger sphere. When we go from one level to another, we begin to see with a greater perspective. When we only are stuck at one level, we can only see certain things, we tend to diagnose the issues at a low level if we're stuck at a 500-foot level. And I just want to tell you today that unless you're willing to go to another level, you will seek to solve problems that are not really the problem. Because in our lives, what we tend to do is we tend to see the immediate problem. Don't you do that, right? You get into a fight with your spouse or a discussion with your kids. You, something happens in your life and you just begin to just focus on that particular problem. But the reality is that there is something bigger. There's a larger system. There's something else that's going on beyond just the problem. And you can, if you just back up a little bit, and many of you have done this before in your relationships or in your life, you realize, oh, the problem is not the problem. The problem that I'm facing, there's something bigger that's going on here. And if you were even to go yet to another higher level than just the systems, you begin to understand that there's a spiritual reality, there's a principle that's going on that's at the root of the problems that we're facing. Now, here we are, a couple of silly examples, natural examples, just to help us see what we're talking about. It's fire season. Now, in California, it seems like it's fire season all year long. We know it's fire season right now. There's a problem when it comes to fire season, right? The problem is that fires get started and we start to manage the fires, right? And so at one level, fire season and managing fires is about fighting individual fires. That's one level of the problem. That's an important level of the problem, but it's not the whole problem, right? There's, there's something larger that's going on. There's, if you really want to back up a little bit from individual fires, we have to start talking about managing the forest. We have to start dealing with larger systems. And then if you were even back up a little bit farther, we'd have to start talking about addressing global issues and our stewardship as believers of the earth and what that means and how we might do that. Now, maybe that's a little too nebulous for you, so let's just get personal for a second. How about the problem of your finances? You want to talk about your finances for a minute? You want to talk about money for a minute? Oh, yeah, Pastor, let's talk about money for a minute. <laughs> Listen, if you keep running out of money at the end of the month, that's a problem, right? And many of us have that problem, right? Many, many people tend to, you get towards that last week of the month and you're out of money. And it's just so fascinating because when you're dealing with that problem, when that happens, you need to get through those last however many days, seven days of the month or however many days it is. I don't know how long your money lasts, but then you get to the end of the month, you got to figure out how am I going to get through this last couple of days until I get a paycheck again. And so you deal with the problem, you do what you need, you, you, you get the white bread out and the last of the peanut butter, whatever it is that you do to deal with the issues, to get through the problem to the end of the month until you get another paycheck. Now, if all you ever do is simply deal with that problem, you will never actually deal with the problem. 
right? Because you will just simply find that next month you will be in exactly the same place. If nothing changes, if all you do is just solve getting through the last couple of days, if nothing changes with your finances, you're going to end up repeating that cycle over and over and over again, right? Because there's a higher level problem with your finances, right? Either there's too much going out or there's not enough coming in. I mean, that's just a real basic thing. And if those two things don't change, then you're going to have that same problem next month. But there's a higher level even than that. Right? We can talk about, I need to make more money, I need to spend less money, I need to organize my finances differently, but there's a higher level problem that we have to deal with. That is, who owns my money? Who owns my heart and my resources? Right? Uh, how am I willing, am I willing to deal with the pain of making difficult decisions that I need to make that are wise financial decisions and because they're so difficult I don't want to make, that's a higher level problem. You got to deal with you, right? You got to deal with what's going on inside of you. That's going to a higher level. Those of you that are married, you have a communication issue, you get in a fight, right? You have a problem. Somebody said something. I know this never happened to you. You know, they give you a, a look. Boy, there's some looks. They're a problem, right? There, there, there's something is said. Uh, you, a name is, is used that shouldn't be used. You, a name calling happens. Whatever it is, there's something that happens that creates a fight, creates a problem. That's an issue, right? It's a crisis. And I don't know how many times I've dealt with marriages that come into my office or call on the phone. We got in a fight. We got in a crisis. It's an emergency moment. And they get focused on that problem in that moment, that issue, that particular thing. And that's all they can see. And they see, seek to fix that thing, but they're not actually addressing the thing. Right? Because in every fight, in every crisis situation within a marriage, that's part of a larger picture. It's part of the relationship that you've built. It's part of communication methodology that you've used. It's part of your understanding of how you're going to work with one another, the rules of communication and the rules of respect within your household. Right? But beyond that level, right? That's nice. You can take communication classes. You can decide, I'm not going to call names anymore. You can modify your behavior. That's a good second level. But there's another level above that level that when you go to in your marriage, you have to begin to deal with your individual brokenness in your individual heart. You can, you can stop calling names with your mouth and still call them in your heart. You can, stop deal, you can stop certain behavior patterns externally, but never actually address them internally, and you will never actually be transformed because you're only dealing with things at a superficial level. Guys, there's another level. We gotta go up to another level. We gotta stop playing games at the earthly level, at the natural level. We gotta go to a higher level place because there's a higher place that the people of God are called to live in. There's a higher place. See, we're not going to be stuck in. We can be if we allow ourselves, but I'm telling you, you don't have to be stuck in low-level issues where all you're doing is addressing things on their face as they appear with the natural way. No, no, there's a higher level to go to. We can go to another place. See, God wants to solve things. He wants to solve problems. He wants to help you be successful in your finances. He wants you to be in love with your spouse forever, for a long time. But if we're not willing to go to a higher level and actually allow him to begin to transform us, then we will only stay at the superficial place. 
You can deal, I think this is on the screen, you can deal with a problem and never actually deal with the problem. Have you ever made that mistake? Right? Right? Um, with my kids, with my spouse, with my work, with my money, whatever it is. I can deal with the problem. I can deal with the problem, but I can never actually, oftentimes, actually deal with the problem. Some time ago, I had an issue uh, in, on my leadership team, and I was trying to figure out, it was a conflict with another leader, we were trying to work it out, it's caused division between us, and I, couldn't, and I talked with a mentor. My mentor said to me, Andrew, the problem is not the problem. The problem is not this issue. There's a larger problem that has to do with their heart. It's a larger problem that has to do with their perspective. It's a larger problem. And so don't get stuck focusing on the issue. It's not, he's not saying the issue is not important. Right? We have to understand the issues are important. I'm not, I'm not suggesting today that you can escape all your low-level problems. <laughs> now, you got to deal with your issues. you got to deal with your problems. But there's a larger perspective that will make us much more wise, make us much more efficient, make us much more effective as the people of God. I want you to repeat this after me. My problem is not my problem. Say it one more time. My problem is not my problem. All right, let me read some things to you. Politics is not the problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem. Right? Masks are not the problem. I'm not saying they're not a problem. Vaccines are not the problem. The social issues, transgender movement in culture is not the problem. It's a problem, but it's not the problem. Your wife is not the problem. Your husband is not the problem. Your kids are not the problem. Your neighbors are not the problem. Are you getting, you getting what I'm saying here? The enemy's strategy is to keep us focused on low-level problems. But the people of God are called to something higher. John writes, Revelation 4, we started with it. Jesus calls him. He says, come up here, and I will show you what must take place. Come up here. There's a higher place to go to. John is called to a higher place. When he gets to the higher place, he sees more. There's revelation that comes when you're at a higher place. You have a greater perspective. And see, if we're stuck in the natural, if we're stuck in the flesh, if we're stuck in the carnal, if we're stuck in the simple, then we will never receive the revelation that the Lord wants us to receive to be able to deal with the issues that are all around us every day. And we get so focused, so angry, so mad, so tied up dealing with the issue, and we can't see the spiritual thing that's going on behind it. We can't see what the Lord is dealing with in our own heart. We can't perceive beyond the thing because we're so focused here. And Jesus says to us, come up here, I'm going to show you something different. Now, there's some levels of thinking. Yeah, all right, all right you can clap, it's all right, it's, it's okay. Because I want that. I don't know, I want, I want something different. Now, what we're talking is about a thing of the Spirit, right? I'm not just talking about a, sm a smarter way to live. We're talking about getting into a plane of revelation. We're talking about living at a higher level of living in the Spirit of God. See, the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus Christ, then you have access to the Holy Spirit. He says you have the mind of Christ, but I think very often we don't live in the mind of Christ. Three levels of thinking. If you want to take some notes, here's a couple of things you can write down. Three levels of thinking that we all are familiar with. The first one is natural thinking, natural thinking. 
Natural thinking is just simply man without God. Men are very intelligent. There are some incredible thinkers in the world. We can think some great thoughts without God. But when we don't have God, there is a limit to our thinking. It's, a, it's called natural thinking. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 14. This second in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and chapter 3, he talks about these three levels of thinking. In, in verse 14, he says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. When you have not received Christ, when your spirit is separated and has not yet been revitalized, revived, brought back to life, renewed by the presence of the Holy Spirit, then there is something that's dead. It's the natural state of human beings, that we are dead without Christ. There is a level of thinking, there's a level of revelation, there's a level of perception that we cannot get beyond. It's like a lid that exists because we are stuck dead without Jesus. And when the Spirit comes in, then he brings alive, he brings life to us, he renews something and takes us to another level. So at the natural level, right, you can, it's very difficult to think and to, uh, to, to communicate about spiritual thoughts. It's no use talking to people who have not followed Christ about spiritually deep things because they don't perceive them. Now, all they need is the Spirit, but there's, there's something that stops them. The fundamental core issue is that they need the Spirit of God, right? And so without the Spirit, there are certain things. You ever have a conversation with someone who, who doesn't know Jesus and you're trying to talk to them about worshiping God and loving God and how wonderful it is to be in his presence and they just go, what's the matter with you? Because right? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to them. You talk to somebody who doesn't understand, hasn't yet yielded to the life of Christ inside of them, and you talk to them about the beauty of the crushing of the cross, and they go, have you lost your mind? But there is a beauty in submission, in yielding, in crushing, in going to a place of, of, of letting go and letting God. And, and unless you understand by, through the Spirit of God, unless you've received His Spirit, then you can't see. That's natural thinking. Now, the second level, of course, is when you have the Spirit of God. And that's, that's man with God. But, but note here in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about a second level that we call carnal thinking. You might write that down, carnal thinking. Now, carnal thinking is man with God, but man that remains self-focused. Self-focused. He says in, in chapter 3, verse 1, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. He's talking to Christians. He says, brothers and sisters. He says, but there's something that's limited. I can't talk to you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. These are carnal Christians. These are car this is carnal thinking. How many of us, thought, we, we know Christ, we have his spirit, we have followed him, we've made that decision, but we're still living in the flesh. The, in the driver's seat of our life is not the spirit, in the driver's seat of our life is the self. What I want, my way. When we pray prayers, we're praying things that make us happy. Lord, would you please do things for me? Lord, would you please give me a million dollars? Lord, would you please solve my problems? <laughs> would you please change my spouse? <laughs> very, very self-centered, self-focused prayers. That, that's so easy to live at that level of carnal thinking. 
so many, so, so many times Christians. And Paul says, listen, I, I, brothers and sisters, I can't even talk to you at a higher level because you're still infants. You still are choosing to live at this lower plane. And, so, and when I'm talking to you today, this is not something that's just like, uh, this is not something for someone else. This is someone for everyone that's in the house today. If you follow Jesus, you can make a decision to move out of carnal thinking into higher thinking, into spiritual thinking. Right? This, this is not like just an accident. It's not some people get a special dose of this and boy, there's some real spiritual people. No, no, this is you deciding every day to live in a different place. What is that different place? Well, the different place is the spirit. That's number three. The third type of thinking is spiritual thinking. Spiritual thinking is man with God and God focused. Who's in the driver's seat? Christ is in the driver's seat of your life. Chapter two, verses 15 and 16, the person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, but we have the mind of Christ. We have access to something different. We have access to a higher level of thinking. We have access to revelation. We have access to the mind of God who wants to give us the insight for the issues that we're facing today. We don't have to listen to radio talk shows, to talking heads, to CNN or to Fox News or anybody else to get God's insight because what? We have the mind of Christ. We have access to the very spirit of God. That's why we're not listening to man to give us the answers. We're listening to God to give us the answers. We're asking him, Lord, what do you have to say about this? I don't want to know what somebody else thinks about this. I want to know what God thinks about this. I don't want to know somebody's nice opinion who can, you know, who has their own situation. They might be smart. They might even be filled with the Spirit of God. But if it's not what the Spirit has for me, then I'm going to be in trouble. This is not based on how intelligent you are. This is not based on your IQ. This is not based on your education. It's a thing of the Spirit. Let me talk to you. Let me just give you some more things to write down. Let me pray for you. It's going to be very simple here. Spiritual, let me talk to you about the difference between spiritual thinking and worldly thinking, because we've already been talking about it. Spiritual thinking and worldly thinking. This is the difference between kingdom thinking and carnal thinking or worldly thinking. The first is this, and we're going to talk about this in contrast. Kingdom thinking is about the power of the cross versus worldly thinking, which is about the power of the sword. You might just write power of the cross versus power of the sword. Now, in the earth today, our normal worldly method and mode is to think about the power of the sword. That's the way that governments are set up. That's the way that the world works. It's about power. It's about lording over. It's about control. It's about military might. It's about force of will. It's about big personalities. It's about all kinds of things that have to do with the world. But the kingdom of God is about the power of the cross. The power of the cross is not power over, it's power under. And that's a big difference. One of the things that concerns me today about the church and Christians is that we keep getting this confused. We keep thinking that it's about power over when it's actually power under. The greatest moments for the church are the moments of the greatest oppression and difficulty. The greatest moments for the church is not when things are great politically. 
The greatest moments for the church is when things are terrible. That's why Justin Martyr said, I think it was Justin Martyr, he said, you know, the, this, the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church. There's something different that happens. The people of God come alive when they recognize this is not about worldly power, earthly power. This is not holding a seat of power. This is not lording it over people, being in control of society. This is actually about demonstrating a different kind of way, which is yieldedness to the cross. Crush me, and what happens? Oh, Jesus will come out. Secondly, two different kingdoms, two different thinkings. The second contrast is the transformation of behavior, transformed behavior versus transformed heart. Kingdom of this world, carnal thinking, natural thinking is always about behavior, behavior modification. We gotta change what we're doing. Now, it's nice to change what you're doing. I mean, I think if you're doing bad things, you're gonna stop doing bad things, but there's a higher level that is transforming of the heart, right? And so, really, the question is about what does God's will say about things? What does God want me to say? There's a lot of talk today about personal rights and my way and the things that I want. And the reality is, is when we are yielded to the will of God, that means there's something that's different that's happened in our hearts and our perspective begins to change. You start to see things in terms of eternity rather in terms of just the natural thing. Guys, this is not our home. This is not where we live. This, is not our, this earth is not our kingdom. This country that we live in is not the highest place for us to be. Like, we, we, we belong to a people and a nation that is under Jesus and is comprised of every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. And we get so caught up in things that have nothing to do with the kingdom. Thirdly, the, the view or the understanding of the universal versus the tribal, kingdom thinking versus worldly thinking. As I said, kingdom thinking, we're talking about from all the peoples of the earth, from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue, God brings one. Paul says, in Christ, we who are many are one body. Doesn't matter so many other things, what matters is our identity in Christ. But see, in the earth, the earth is basically tribal. The worldly thinking is basically tribal. What, what do we do? Well, let me just read this to you, right? Uh, oftentimes what we want to do is we want to defend or advance our own people group, our own nation, our own ethnicity, our own state, our own religion, our own ideology, our own political agenda. And so therefore, we're always fighting against others who belong to another tribe. This is what happened with the church. This is why there's so many different denominations, because instead of being able to figure out how to be unified and understand that we're unified under one, we all get, we got into this argument and disagreement about little things, oftentimes very little things, that we decide, I can't sit next to you anymore in the same church. I gotta start my own church. Why? Because we're so tribal. I got news for you. You're going to be standing next to that person in heaven, worshiping Jesus, and he ain't going to care about the color of the carpet or the color of the walls or the little thing that you thought was so big and that you decided to break relationship over. We live at the pleasure of the King of kings and the Lord of lords who's going to make every knee bow and every tongue confess. 
Next one, fourthly, is just two more, kindness versus retaliation. Worldly thinking versus godly thinking. Kindness versus, versus retaliation. The kingdom of the world is, is all about tit for tat. It's all about give and take. It's all about an eye for an eye. You do this, I do that. There's going to be retaliation. There's going to be, you know, I'm going to pay you back because of what you, be, you did. But the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that as believers, we don't have enemies. Now, that's kind of difficult for us to, to think about because we're so caught in this paradigm of an us versus them. On this earth, we have no enemies. Because what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love our enemies. That means they're not enemies. Right? We're, we're actually supposed to give up our lives for them. We're supposed to pray blessing upon them. We're not supposed to stab them, kill them, beat them, show them their, you know, like show them I'm going to teach you a lesson, uh, you know, whatever it is. We, we don't actually do retaliation. Christ's way is we go the extra mile with them, we turn the other cheek, we give them the road, we yield to them because why we understand there's something bigger that's going on. We're called to love and kindness and grace and mercy and goodness. And the way that we are going to demonstrate Christ's love is through our unity and love for one another. We're going to demonstrate that to the world by saying, even if you hate me, I still love you. I don't want to crush you. I don't want to destroy you. I love you. And finally, earthly war versus heavenly war. We just should know, right? The kingdom of God has no earthly enemies. We have neighbors. We have friends. We're not at war except in the heavenlies. Which means we need to pray a little bit more, perhaps. Which means we need to understand at a little bit higher level. Now, let me just pray for you here in just a second, but let me just give you just kind of a a caveat and then an illustration. And the caveat is this. I'm not trying to talk to you, I'm not trying to give you an excuse to ignore your, your natural problems. Right? Sometimes we hear a lesson like this and, and we decide to live at such a, like you think I'm trying to tell you just need to talk spiritual gibberish. And, and that's going to deny your problems, right? I'm just going to speak to my money at the end of the month. Money, be extended, be multiplied, right? I mean, that's just foolishness. I'm, I'm not talking about uh, being silly. Uh, I, you have to deal with your problems. You have to deal with, with the natural. I'm just saying that there's something that's, that's higher that's, that we have to begin to perceive. There's a revelation that's deeper that we have have to begin to look into. We have to start to, to say, Lord, 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 what do you have to say about this? What, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? Lord, I'm so frustrated in this area and this problem with my kids. Oftentimes your kids, teenagers in particular, they're driving you nuts. We think they don't want to be yielded or submitted to us. Oftentimes there's something different that's going on. And if we only address the issue, we're not actually seeing the thing that God is doing in our house. So let's deal with the thing. Yes, deal with your money, deal with the relationships, deal with the issues, deal with the problems, but don't just get stuck there. Say, Lord, why do I keep coming back to this problem? Don't, don't keep having the same conversations over and over and over again, with the same arguments. It's, oh my gosh, it's like we're in Groundhog Day these days. Having the same arguments about vaccines and masks and the virus and politics. Like, my goodness, I'm so tired of talking about that stuff. Let's talk about something higher. Let's talk about man's hearts. Let's talk about need for Jesus. Let's talk about understanding how to love. Let's talk about understanding how to yield and submit. Let's talk about how I understand how our heart really is the real issue here. 
There's three men, three stonemasons working on a church some years ago. A traveler came by. It's a massive cathedral, beautiful thing. And he decides he's asking the men, what, what are they doing? The first man says, I'm cutting, I'm cutting stones. He's a stonemason. Traveler goes to the second man and says, what are you doing, sir? You know, second man says, I'm building a church. Goes to the third man, the third man says, I'm building a place for generations to come and meet with the God of the universe. They're stonemasons. They're all, they're all cutting stones. Stones need to be cut. Problems need to be dealt with. They're all doing the thing that they need to do. They're all working on the same issue, but man, they see things differently. Why? Because they are either stuck at a place where all they can see is right and it's in front of them, and they're stuck in this natural plane. And, and here's the man that says, no, 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 there's something I see beyond. Yeah, I got to cut this stone. But what I'm doing has eternal consequences. What I'm doing right now, the conversation with the people that are in my house, my wife, my kids, my husband, my relatives, the people that are at my workplace, the people that are around me, every conversation I have, I'm having a conversation with a person that is eternal, with a person who's going to meet with God someday. I'm having a conversation with someone that is of, of infinite value, so much value that Jesus came to, for, to die for them. And, and we think, ah, oh, just, they're just so frustrated to me. They're not doing the thing that I want. They're, they, they come... No, 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 it's time for us to think at a higher place, at a higher level. These people around me, they're gifts from the Lord, and my calling is to love them and to be gracious to them and to understand who they are. And it might be that God actually wants me to speak to them something that could change their life. And my friends, your family, your friends, your workplace, we can get so stuck with just facing life every day. We're just dealing with natural things. We're just working out the things and we just get stuck at this low level. It's time to go to a higher level and say, Lord, you're doing something deeper. You're changing something inside of me. You're changing something around me. You want to say something to me. Lord, help me to live in a different plane. Would you stand to your feet? And if you just want Revelation. If you want to live at that higher level, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you that you would just reach out for that. This is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. I think it's on the screen. In verse 17, he says, The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, he's praying that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. Now, if you want the spirit of wisdom and revelation, just close your eyes, just begin to extend your hands and just say, Lord, I, I, I need revelation. I need the spirit of wisdom. I need to go to a higher place. I want to live at a higher place. Lord, I just am praying right now as we lift our hands in this place. Lord, take us up to a higher place, to a higher level. Just begin to ask him, Lord, would you please open our eyes? Would you please open our ears? Forgive us, Lord, for living at a natural plane. Forgive us for seeing things through a carnal lens. Forgive us for, for not taking time to even ask you what you have to say about our lives and about our problems. Lord, there is no area, there is no issue that you don't have the answers for. There's no area, no issue that you don't have revelation for. And so, Lord, we're just reaching out today that you would give us revelation from heaven. God, that we would stop living at a low place. We're just now pressing in 
into your kingdom. We're pressing into your spirit. We're asking, Lord, that you would open up our spirit so that we might receive from you what you have to say today. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to see where we're at in our lives. Help us not to be blind any longer. Help us not to get caught up in things at surface level any longer. Lord, I pray that as we begin to seek you, as we open up your word and we seek your face, that, Lord, you would begin to reveal yourself to us. Lord, I pray that there would be a new kind of an awareness that would be on your people today. I pray for spiritual dreams. I pray for an awakening and awareness. I pray for a sensitivity to your spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray for a hunger for the things of God that would arise in our hearts. Lord, we don't want to stay at this low plane. And so if that means we're going to have to work to press into you, then I just pray that you'd help us be hungry to press in. Give us that hunger for the things of God. Give us that hunger for your word. Give us that hunger, Lord, to go to a deeper place. Lord, I pray that you'd give us those spiritual antennas that would be way up and in tune with you. Lord, make us so wise that we would be sought out by our friends and our neighbors. Not that we would be weird, not that we would be strange, except that we would simply have uh, being tuned in to you, Lord. And others would come to seek wisdom because it comes from you. Pray this in Jesus' name. All right, everybody said? Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at casinghamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.